Well, praise the Lord and welcome to our Romans Bible study here in my office every Monday morning and Thursday morning at 8.30 a.m. Central Time. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson and I hope you'll get your Bibles and follow along with us today. We're in Romans chapter 8. This is part 10 and uh, we have just been really hearing from the Lord in this Bible study and he's bringing clarity uh, to our hearts uh, in the scriptures and removing a lot of confusion and bringing us uh, further along as we grow in the knowledge of Christ and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, we're just excited again to be here. We're here every Monday and Thursday morning at 8.30 a.m. Central Time teaching the book of Romans. And on Friday mornings, we are in the studio next door at 9 a.m. Central Time studying the book of Jude. And you can join us on Wednesday nights at 6.40, Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. And uh, as we are... Uh, have our worship services. If you're anywhere near Atlanta, Queen City, Texarkana, uh, we have people from Shreveport that even drive in uh, to be a part of the worship services. And uh, we're just excited uh, to be right here on Highway 59 in Queen City, Texas. Easy to find. Uh, just It's a very busy highway that goes all the way from Texarkana uh, down to Houston, Galveston area. It's a very busy highway, and we're right here out in the open, can be seen. I encourage you to join us if you're looking for a church where you can grow and learn the Word of God, not just sit in a service and say you went to church, but those of you who want to learn the Word of God uh, so that your faith can be legitimate and God can be pleased with the way we're living and the, and the focus can always be Jesus Christ and Him crucified. We're here for you. Everything we do is streamed live uh, on, on my Pastor Curtis Facebook page. Uh, and you can also find us on the website at thecrosswaychurch.com, the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, and also the Spreaker app. My page is for those who have ears to hear. And, or you can just type my name in, Curtis Hutchinson, and over 300 gospel, literally centered messages will be there for you and for your benefit. And we thank God for the opportunity uh, for what we can do today. A couple things before we dig into the Word today. Happy birthday to my son, Noah John, and I uh, just love you and uh, thank God for you. It's been 23 years since you uh, came into this world at four pounds and, and two ounces, to, uh, small enough to put in a shoebox, but today uh, just being blessed. The Lord has blessed him and, and, his, and his new wife, uh, Kaylin, and we're just so thankful for them and living in Houston, Texas, and, and God's blessing them. And, and uh, boy, it's, we've just really been blessed to have Noah in our lives. Thank God for Noah. So happy birthday to you, my son. And also determined camp meeting coming up next month. And uh, I want to, it's October the 24th through the 27th. And I want to read to you the times and who's going to be ministering. I'm going to begin to do this because there are people coming from, from far away. There's people coming from Arizona and, and several other states uh, that, that are going to uh, be a part of this year's 2019 Determined Camp Meeting. This is our sixth year to have these determined meetings. And this year's theme is All In. You know, it's a group of ministers that do not believe that the message of the cross should be preached and the full counsel of God, but the message of the cross as the full counsel of God. 
And so every word of God must be touching the blood or it will be without effect. So let me read these to you. Uh, this year's uh, 2019 Determined Camp Meeting, all in. Uh, starting Thursday night on the 24th will be Pastor Ross uh, Kibido at 6 p.m. Then Friday morning early is 8.30 a.m. Felix Almanza, pastor from Springs, Texas. Uh, at 10 a.m. that Friday morning is Pastor Tommy Wiedelman from Tuttle, Oklahoma. Uh, him and his uh, wife Susie will be here with us. What a great blessing they have been with us as a great and huge part of the new church plant in Wichita Falls, Texas. And so you don't want to miss that. At 2 p.m. that Friday will be Pastor Luke Pogue from Yapora, Mississippi. And at 2 p.m. at the same time, one will be in the studio, one will be in the sanctuary, Pastor Lindsey Bass from uh, uh, Palestine, Texas. And you don't want to miss any of these. And let's, let me say that these are, there will be like uh, a couple of different times where there's uh, ministers preaching at the same time, but you will have access later to what you missed. These will all be streamed live. These will all be recorded and later uploaded to the YouTube channel, and we will uh, make available uh, for some, uh, some price uh, these uh, recordings after the services are over. So also, the last service on that Friday at 6 p.m. is Pastor Colton Hill from Athens, Tennessee, which, by the way, is moving from Athens to uh, Wichita Falls, Texas. Him and his wife, Casey, are going to be taking over the new Crossway Church in Wichita Falls, Texas. Thank God for that. You don't want to miss that Friday night service here in Queen City. Uh, Saturday morning at 8.30 a.m., uh, Pastor Mark Goldwire will be ministering from DeRitter, Louisiana. And also Pastor Don Ragsdale will be ministering uh, from Mississippi. And you, you don't want to miss uh, either one of these. I know you'll have to miss one of them, but we're, again, we're going to make it available to you. Uh, they will both be streamed live at the same time, and later you can have access to it. But uh, then that Saturday morning at 10 a.m. will be Pastor Clint Bass, our 10 a.m. service uh, from Palestine, Texas. Him and Lynn, uh, Pastor Lindsay, husband and wife there, you don't want to miss that. Uh, we've, we've really gotten to know them over the last couple years and what a blessing they are to us and the body of Christ. At 2 p.m. Saturday afternoon, Andrew, junior pastor, we call him Andrew Hutchinson, will be ministering at 2 p.m. along with Pastor Roel Rodriguez. Both of those guys will be ministering at 2 p.m. Pastor Roel is way down South Texas, Robstown, that area down there, who's been evangelizing for quite some time. And you don't want to miss either one of those services. And Saturday night at 6 p.m., Pastor Wayne Voss from Greenwood, Mississippi, will be doing the evening service on Saturday night. And uh, I pray that all of you can be here at the beginning and make it all the way to the end. It's going to be a great time in the Lord, and Pastor Wayne Voss is quite the preacher of the gospel. You don't want to miss it. And then we'll close out everything Sunday morning at 10 a.m. here at Crossway Church, this year's Determined Camp Meeting with Pastor Scotty Williams from Dublin, Georgia. God's just pouring out on that ministry there in Dublin, Georgia. God's already provided them a, a, a brand new uh, a church building, church facility that looks wonderful. I'm so thankful. I've always said God 
God, the Lord himself, provides for the gospel, but the devil provides for everything else that's going on. And I'm thankful for Pastor Scotty and all these ministers who are preaching this gospel determined to know nothing else. And some of, some of these uh, ministers have been with us the duration of the six years. Some uh, have come and gone. And some have fallen off into other things. But thank God for these who will be here this year, arms linked together, marching forward as the army of God. And we're thankful for what God is saying and what God is doing in these determined camp meetings. Praise God. Going to be a great one. You don't want to miss it. If you need any more info, such as hotels and, and, and eating and all that, you can email me at Curtis Hutchinson at att.net. And by the way, one last thing, free lunches will be served to people who are here attending uh, the services Friday and Saturday. Free lunch, Friday and Saturday. Let me say it one more time. Free lunch for all who are here Friday and Saturday. Pray for good weather so we can pile up out here and just enjoy the fellowship of each other. Amen. Lord's good to us. I'm looking forward to this. And I will get a 30 minutes worth of teaching in today, so don't worry about the commercial taking up, you know, uh, eight, nine minutes. I'll go eight, nine minutes past. I don't have a problem with that. Uh, I can do that because I'm not on some schedule where I'm tied to something piled up right after me, so we'll just move on. This morning, get your Bibles, turn to Romans chapter 8. And uh, the Lord is going to give us daily bread today. The Lord is going to feed us something that we need today. When you open God's Bible, the Word of the Lord, He's going to give you something. If you have ears to hear, if you have eyes to see, if you, if you know that everything is tied to Jesus, for He said the Scriptures are about Him, then you understand that the Holy Spirit is going to speak to us today from the Word of God concerning Christ and the provision He's given all who will believe through what he did at Calvary. Amen? So, where we are today in Romans chapter 8, and again, this is part 10 here on September the 30th, 2019, we will begin in verse 7 and then roll through. Let's read verse 7. Because the carnal mind, means the fleshly mind, is enmity against God because it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. The carnal mind can't be subject to the law of God. You may be thinking, well, I didn't think any of us were subject to the law of God. Wrong again. Uh, uh, we've been wrong many times, not being ugly this morning, but God provided his son uh, because the law he provided to us uh, could not do that for us, which needed to be done in us and through us. Back up, if you will, earlier in verse 3, for what the law could not do, no law can do what needs to be done. In that it was weak through our flesh. There's nothing wrong with, with the law. It's our flesh that was weak. And we couldn't keep the law. God had to send his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemn sin in the flesh. Now watch, here it comes, verse 4. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. See, God's intention, and he is going to have the law fulfilled in his people. Christ came, lived a sinless life, and became our sin-bearing offering, the only one who could. Never forget this statement. I, I read it somewhere uh, a year or so back, and it says this, the, the life Christ lived qualified him for the death he died. And the death he died qualified you and me for the life he lived. 
<clears throat> he had to be a sinless sacrifice. He had to live a sinless life and become our, the ones who couldn't live a sinless life, our sin-bearing offering. He did that for us. He condemned sin in the flesh so that sin could no longer condemn us. Praise God, that's good news. But notice verse 4, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us and the way that happens is through our faith in what he did at Calvary by fulfilling the law. And as we walk not after the flesh, that's thinking we can do it. You can't put one work in there that involves you in you becoming saved or sanctified. It's his one work, that righteous work God okay, God stamped as done, finished. This is it. And when we add to that, we are walking after the flesh. And then we're at enmity, the Bible says. We'll get back to that in a minute. But the point here is that the righteousness of the law is being fulfilled in the church, in those who walk after the Spirit. That means those who keep their faith in Christ and what he did at the cross. Now let's go back down to where we are because the carnal mind, verse 7, is enmity against God because it is not subject to the law of God. The fleshly mind, the carnal mind, those that walk after worldly things, those that even have a picture of a form of godliness, but there's no power that have any object of faith other than the cross of Christ. And know this, God's not using these programs and schemes and things that men bring into the church. He only operates through the cross. And when that's where your faith is, he moves into you and he operates in you, begins a perfect work and will continue that perfect work as long as you continue to walk after the spirit and not the flesh. And let me say it again. It's so easy to move away from the cross to something that appears to be really good and might even be biblical, but when it becomes the object of my faith, I'm walking after the flesh, the sin nature revives, and Paul said, I die. Got to be careful about that. God's not using these things. He uses his son and what his son did at Calvary as the means of salvation, sanctification, and hear me this morning, not just for the sin issue, but for all grace to flow into our lives. Galatians 2.21 proves that. Because it gives us the avenue of righteousness, which is not just our status in Christ when born again, but the avenue that all fruit, fruits of righteousness can come. Amen. Through grace, and that only takes place through the death of Jesus. So the cross is about forgiveness and deliverance from sin, but it's also about all grace God offers you for all purposes. And without our faith in that one object, it's just us and not the Spirit of God because we're not walking after the Spirit's leading. So watch this. <clears throat> Let's read verse 7 again, and we'll roll into 8 and 9 if we can. Because the carnal mind, the fleshly mind, is enmity against God. And I have to stop again. Think about how long that I will speak of myself personally today we're preaching all these things. Oh, I would have told you my faith was in the cross, but I wasn't preaching the cross. 
I preach the cross for salvation, but then when it comes to finding the power and the provision and the presence of God, I preached these schemes and fads. Well, if you want the presence of God like never before, if you want the power of God, you, listen, everybody's looking for that avenue through which God is going to finally begin to pour out miracles and, and, and all these things. But the book of Galatians in chapter 3 says those things begin to take place by the hearing of faith. Not any works we do. And that's what everything is other than the work of Christ is our works. And the Holy Spirit only honors His work at Calvary. So think about that. So, because the carnal mind is enmity <coughs> against God, and most of the church today, I'm not being ugly. I don't sit here today and say these things to try to get everybody to shut down their doors and move in with us. That's ridiculous. But if your faith is not in the cross, I didn't say you're an enemy to God. You're at enmity. Look, you're, you're, you're at enmity against God. The only way to be in agreement with God is to have your faith in what God has done to be able to have fellowship, communion, and pour into your life the things you need by grace. Christ and Him crucified. So, the carnal mind is enmity against God because it is not subject to the law of God. When our faith is in anything other than the cross, the, the law is not being fulfilled in us by the Spirit. Oh, we're trying to now think we can do it because we're saved and we have the Spirit of God now. We can fulfill the law. But no, we can't fulfill the law. Only the Spirit of God can fulfill the law in us. And that's only because our faith remains in that legal work God did in Christ at Calvary that now allows, legally allows the Holy Spirit to carry out, fulfill the law in us, but only after we walk after the Spirit, not the flesh. Somebody said, Amen. So, verse uh, 8 goes on to say, So then, they that are in the flesh, now you got to be careful of what we're about to teach today. I hope you get your Bibles and look at it. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But then he tells us who those are who are in the flesh and those who are in the Spirit. Now watch this. Let's read verse 8 again. you got to see this. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Now, Paul says something profound, and we Pentecostals need to get a hold of this today. But know this, the Calvinist folk need to get a hold of this. Watch, this is why. Because the Bible right here tells us that if you're born again, and you know that means if you believed upon Christ and what he did at Calvary for the forgiveness of your sins, you're born again and you have the Spirit of God. You have the Spirit of God if you're born again. If you're saved, you have the Spirit. It tells us right here. But you're not in the flesh, but you're in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwells in you. And he does dwell in you if you're born again. He dwells in every person who's ever believed in Christ. 
Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Now, uh, on the Spirit-filled side, which should be the whole church, but it's not, but on the Spirit side, which is the side I'm on, the, 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 the Pentecostal believers, and I'm not talking about no makeup and only dresses and all that far-out unholy stuff. I'm talking about Pentecostal, people who still believe the book of Acts is legitimate for today. It is on this side of Calvary, by the way. It is on this side, written about under the New Covenant, by the way. And being baptized with the Holy Spirit is for all believers, Peter said. And, and, the, and the initial physical evidence that comes with that every single time for anybody, the Bible says, is speaking in other tongues. The focus is not tongues. It is being endued with power for ministry. Praise God for that. But listen, we have thought for years that we're in the Spirit, and there is another place. There is things written about in the Spirit that revelation was given to like Peter and John. John said, on the Lord's day, I was in the Spirit. But you got to be careful with that because when you're in the Spirit, you're living for God, and you can't live for God outside faith in the cross. And, it, and, and these people who, like John and Paul, who said, I was in the Spirit, they were given not illumination, they were given revelation, something men did not have anywhere. They did not have it, and God gave it to these men. They wrote it so we could read it and hope the Holy Spirit could illuminate it from God's Word into our hearts. Hallelujah. You understand that? So what I want to say is, us Pentecostals, we've missed it. We we thought just, well, we're in the Spirit because we're baptized with the Holy Spirit. Let me say something today. The Bible, I said the Bible, said, I'm, I'm glad to be a Bible believer. Oh, it remo removes so much confusion when we just stick with the Bible. The Bible says that we are in the Spirit if we're born again, if we have the Spirit of God. And that's the only way you have the Spirit of God if you're born again. And so we're in the Spirit. Think about that. Think about that. But, but, you know, our Calvinist friends, uh, brothers and sisters, our Calvinist brothers and sisters, they only see lost and saved. They don't see, when they read this, that you can be saved and in the Spirit, but not being walking, not walking after the Spirit. Just because you and I are in the Spirit does not mean we're walking after the Spirit. If that were the case, we, listen, we wouldn't need this. We wouldn't need to be talking about this today. This wouldn't have needed to have been written. This is, listen, this is not talking about just lost and saved folk. This is talking about saved folk who move their faith from Calvary and put it in their preacher, their church, their denomination, these programs that are coming into the church for a few, the Purpose Driven, the Government of Twelve, all these schemes that we start trying to work in and, and, and think God's going to move because we're now and we found something where God moves. Think about the, the movement that started a few years ago that you have to have a covering as a pastor and you have to tithe up and he has to have a covering and he has to tithe with his money up to another preacher and, and, and that's the worldly pyramid scheme brought into the church. And listen, the only covering we need is that of the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. I don't need to be covered by anybody else. And they use scriptures to pervert scriptures. They use uh, uh, scriptures perverted to make money and because they're, they're really, they're looking for a move of God. The move of God they need 
will only flow through the blood of Jesus and his work at Calvary exclusively. When you move away from that, you may be in the Spirit because you're born again and you have the Spirit of God, but you now have, have limited him from working. You need to know this. This ain't some man's thoughts. This is biblical. When you move your faith, when I move my faith from the cross of Christ, his work at Calvary, I, I, I move myself away from him, Galatians 1, 6. I, I fall from grace, Galatians 5, 1 through 4, where Christ can no longer affect me, profit me. Revelation 2, we see Jesus knocking on the door of the church, wanting back into fellowship because their faith is in something other now than what allows him to fellowship with them. But listen, how many millions of Christians today are at enmity against God and they think they're closer than anybody to God? People who will be at the great white throne who tell God, didn't we do this and didn't we do that? And he's going to say, I don't know who you are, but let me tell you who you are. I don't know you, but, but I know what you are. You're workers of iniquity. Think about that. That's what an awful thing to think of that you're going to stand before God one day, your daddy, your granddaddy, your great-granddaddy, your great-great-granddaddy, all devoted their entire lives to being set apart for God, but they were at enmity against God generation after generation after generation because they refuted, they rejected, they rebelled, thinking that they loved God. And you really can't say all the time they loved God because if your faith is not in the sacrifice, you may love God, but when you hear the truth, you're going to come out. When Moses came down that mountain and they built a golden calf just a few days after God delivered them out of Egypt, and Moses said, who's on the Lord's side? Let me just say this this morning. Those that love the Lord came out. They came back to faith in the blood alone. Those that love the Lord came out. God's calling those today that love him to come out where that love can be manifest once again because love is not just feelings and emotions and it's not just words. God is love and God manifests that love at Calvary, 1 John 4, 9 and 10. And the way the world knows that we're Christ's disciples is through our faith in the cross, we love each other in spite of each other's shortcomings and issues and problems and sinful things. Amen. Glory to God. So you need to know this. Millions today are at enmity with God, but the message is the message of the cross. It's the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's come out. Again, from the golden calf builders. And those who love the Lord will come out. They will come out. Hallelujah. People are coming out today. They're coming back to their first love. They're coming back to the place the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of grace, works in their lives. Watch this now. We could stay here for many, many moons, my friend. Because Romans chapter 6, 7, and 8 is what has began a revival among the church. It's began, let me call it what it really is, an awakening among God's people. An awakening unto righteousness. Think about that. Watch this now. Verse 10. And if Christ be in you, the body, talking about the body of sin, is dead because of sin, 
But the Spirit is life because of, there you go, righteousness. The Spirit of God is allowed to work in your life. The Spirit of life, back, back up to Romans 8 and 2, for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ has made me free from the law of sin and death. Let me say it for those new listeners who are there who will hear this. The Spirit of God works according to a law. No, you can't put God in a box, but God has always worked all that He's worked toward men through a law. Even Hebrews 7 says, because the priesthood changed, the law had to change. It's no longer the law of Moses. It's no longer the laws under the Old Covenant. Not because the priesthood changed. It's no longer the Aaronic priesthood. We have a new high priest, great and wonderful high priest, Jesus Christ our Lord, at the right hand of the Father because he did not offer blood of animals for us. He offered himself for us, becoming our great high priest. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He's at the right hand of the Father today. And, and, and listen to this. Because of what he did at Calvary, the Holy Spirit now, because that was a legal work, the Holy Spirit now has the legal right to work in our lives when we believe in Christ and in what he did at Calvary. Think about that. The Holy Spirit then has the legal right to immerse you into the death of Jesus. There's where you entered the body of Christ, Romans 6 and 3. Write it down, check it out, it's there. That's how we entered the body of Christ, by the Holy Spirit immersing us, baptizing us into the death of Jesus, not a water tank in church, into the death of Jesus when we believed upon him. Glory to God. Think about that. Hmm, that's good stuff. And if Christ be in you, verse 10, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. Not just the spirit of, of life becomes life to us, but our spirit begins to live. We, we're quickened. We that were dead in sins are no longer dead, but now we're a new creation and alive in Christ to live unto God. Hallelujah. And when you were born again, you became righteous. 2 Corinthians 5 and 21. Write it down. And you were met, immediately, all these things happened upon the born-again experience. You became righteousness, 2 Corinthians 5 and 21, and you were made something, a servant of righteousness. So that as long as your faith is in that which made you righteous and made you a servant of righteousness, as long as your faith remains in that alone, you can continue to bear forth the fruits of his righteousness. See, it takes faith in his work of righteousness. Let me say it again, and I hope this really gets into your heart today. It takes faith in His righteousness. See, this is where we talk. We're not talking about when we preach the cross, we're not talking about a wooden beam. We're not talking about the tree there. We're talking about the man, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, to come, that came and did what He did as the Lamb of God to die on the cross to condemn sin in the flesh for you and me so that a law could be fulfilled in us so that we could be born again, justified, sanctified, be in communion with God, walk with God, and be in agreement with God. And the moment our faith is placed there, we become righteous in Christ in God's eyes, and we are made servants of righteousness because our faith is in the only righteous work God honors. 
Let me say it. I say it often. I hope you get it. God only honors what God does. God only honors what God does. And God was in Christ reconciling sinners to himself such a the most powerful move of God that's ever taken place. Greater than all creation. Greater than anything that will ever be. God was in Christ listen, setting sinners free. Reconciling men to him. Not imputing their trespasses upon them, but it was his verdict of not guilty to all who will believe, but not just not guilty, but grace that flows like a river, unforced grace that men are deceived, and I've been there for a few years, many years, and we think we can force grace. Grace cannot be forced there is a rhythm and a flow of the grace of God, which really simply means the moving of the Holy Spirit of grace in our lives. When our faith is in that one work of righteousness, God honors and allowed the Spirit of God, the Spirit of life to work in our lives and our spirit to be made brand new and alive in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. That's what the Bible says here, is it not? That the spirit of life in verse 10 is life because of righteousness. And you have to think, well, is it what I've done? If it is, that's self-righteousness. God can't ever honor that because there's a spirit of rebellion and pride in that. Even for those who think that water baptism stamps their salvation. Water baptism don't stamp nothing. The stamp of God's righteousness was stamped on Christ through the shedding of his blood. There is not God okaying and legitimizing that and pleased with that, and yet you thinking you can add to it. Yes, you should be water baptized. Yes, you should go to church. Yes, the New Testament is full of things that happen, but they're all by the Spirit after you're born again because the Spirit cannot give us the experience of life without our faith in that which Christ did that is righteousness for us. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Do you understand the church is still coming out of the dark ages? How many sit every week and they never hear anything in their churches? There are 100 people, let's say, or there's 50 people, let's say, or there's 20 people in these churches every Sunday morning, whatever the number is. And let's just suppose that they're all saved, which is very doubtful, but let's just pretend they're all saved. Well, what are you preaching to them, preacher? Well, they're all saved. We don't need the message of the cross anymore. Oh, that's still all you need because God's word is powerless unless it's sprinkled by the blood. Amen. The, the Bible has no power in it if it's only the letter of the law. We read it as a letter of doing. But if we read it as the spirit of the letter, the spirit that brings life through our faith in the Word of God in its righteous context. Remember and never forget. Write it down. Put it on your refrigerator. Stick it on your windshield. Never forget it. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 8. All the words of my mouth are in righteousness. You must know that. See, Romans 10 and 10, for it's with the heart men believe unto righteousness and then the mouth confesses unto salvation. Listen, 
We've used that. I said we're still coming out of the dark ages, my friend. We're still growing in the knowledge and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who is the light of the scriptures to us. We've used that scripture all these years for just the initial salvation experience. But for you to grow in the knowledge and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, it only comes through your faith in God's word as your heart believes unto righteous, the righteousness of God's word. That means in the context of Christ and him crucified. That will always be the focus. When Moses would read the, the covenant uh, under the old covenant and, and, and declare all the blessings, then they would sprinkle, he, the book of Hebrews says, they would sprinkle all the word, the people, the utensil, ever. without the blood, there is no spirit of the letter. Without the blood, there's only the, the law of the letter. And the Bible says the law of the letter kills. That's why I say all the time, God's word is a two-edged sword. One of those sides, one of those edges will shape you, carve you, conform you into the image of Christ. That's the, 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 the spirit of the letter. The other side of that sword, the law of the letter, will slice you up and generation after generation, we can use God's word to do nothing more than be at enmity against God. Using his own word. Millions, millions have done that. Let me say it again this morning. We're still coming out of the dark ages, but the good news is we're coming out. Hallelujah. We're coming out. This reformation that the church is in today only started 22 years ago. As God began to reveal the message of the cross that the, not just have we learned over the last 500 years through uh, uh, Martin Luther and Huss and Wycliffe and those men God used greatly years ago that we're justified only by faith in Christ and what he did at Calvary. But now we're learning that we're only sanctified by faith in Christ and what he did at Calvary. There's where we experience life. Paul in Romans chapter 7, watch this. i got to close pretty soon. In verse 9, Romans 7 and 9, Paul says, For I was alive without the law once. He was experiencing life. That means experiencing Christ through faith in Christ and who he was as Redeemer. He says he was alive once without the law, no longer trusting in the law, but now trusting in Christ. He became alive. He was alive. But watch. When the commandment came, when he, when he started trying to live according to the do's and don'ts and, and, and the law again, watch, the sin nature revived and I died. When Paul says I die, or when John writes to the church in Sardis and said you got a name, you're alive, but you're dead, the church can function even though they're in the Spirit. They cannot be walking after the Spirit, and only walking after the Spirit can we be experiencing Christ, the one who fulfilled the law, and by His Spirit we experience the fulfilling of the law in us. Glory to God. I hope you will forget your whatever you've clung to in the past, especially you ministers who watch these broadcasts. And you're hearing this great illumination coming from God's Word. And I'm not talking about just this ministry. You've been hearing it from other ministries. Whatever you're clinging to that's preventing you from being all in and determined to know nothing other than Christ and Him crucified is the proof that you're not denying yourself yet. Biblical denial is only 
true biblical denial if the result of our denial, self-denial, is a taking up our cross, which is faith in the cross of Christ and nothing else. It's not biblical denial if I'm denying myself of three musketeer bars and Dr. Peppers and a pillow on my bed and oh, I'm not going to sleep in my soft bed for a month. i got to suffer for God. No. The suffering God's looking for is your simple fellowship in his sufferings, with his sufferings, through your faith in what he did to suffer for you. Simple faith, like a child. When you come back to that, you got to let the thoughts go. Listen, thoughts come in the minister's mind because they can't refute what they're hearing. It's word. It's the Word of God. They can't refute it using the Bible. If they do, they're perverting other Scripture. And so whatever you're hanging on to, those thoughts that come, that you hear this, you're, you're quickened by the Spirit of God, and you say, well, I know this is right, but I, whatever that but I is, you're going to have to count all that dung before you can move along. If it's retirement, if it's your church, you know you'll lose. Listen, many preachers won't preach this today, and they've said it, because I'll lose control of my congregation. Look, we're not here to control the congregation, not even in some positive way. We're here as ministers to preach the gospel, the word of the truth of the gospel, so that the Holy Spirit can have control. Amen. Glory to God. It's been a great session today. I'm praising God for the opportunity to share his word in its righteous context as truth so that we can come to know the truth and be made free even daily on a daily basis. And we won't have to be at enmity against God, but we can walk with God in the way the Word says that we can. Uh, join us every Monday and Thursday morning at 8.30 a.m. Central Time right here in my office, live on my Pastor Curtis Facebook page for the teaching of the book of Romans. God bless you. I love you. And until next time, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. See you then.